Welcome to the GovComs podcast, bringing you the latest insights and innovations from experts and thought leaders around the globe in government communication. Now, here is your host, David Pembroke. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to GovComs, the podcast that examines the practice of content communication in government and the public sector. My name's David Pembroke, and thank you for joining me. Today, my guest is Bob Hoffman, who is the author of five Amazon number one best-selling books about advertising. He is also one of the most sought-after international speakers about advertising and marketing. Indeed, one of his books, Bad Mem, How Advertising Went from a Minor Annoyance to a Major Menace, exposed many of the dangerous data abuse practices that are leading to a re-evaluation of the role of the major platforms such as Facebook around the world. He is the creator of the popular The Ad Contrarian blog and newsletter, which I subscribe to, and he's been named one of the world's most influential marketing and advertising blogs by the Business Insider. Bob has been the CEO of two independent agencies and the US operation of an international agency. In 2012, he was the Ad Person of the Year, selected by the San Francisco Advertising Club, and he joins me on the line from California. Bob Hoffman, thank you very much for for joining me on GovComs. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Bob, I love the way you write, and I would just encourage everyone at this point in time to to go to the Ad Contrarian to sign up for the newsletter and the blog because it's fireworks, isn't it? You really do like to unload. I do. It's uh, it's fun for me. I like writing about advertising. I spent a long time in the advertising business, and it's really the only thing I know, and so that's why I write about it. But you write with a with a real passion and a real drive and a you know at a time of such great change and I, and I think that's really what I'd like to explore with you today that the the absolute transformation obviously we're dealing with covid-19 pandemic at the moment and the change that that's bringing to um you know obviously there's the health crisis but the the economic impact what's happening to advertising what's happening to media companies what's happening to the big platforms so what are you seeing at the moment in terms of this major transformation that's taking place driven by the covid-19 pandemic I don't think anyone really knows. I think there are a lot of people who are pretending they know what's next. They're pretending they know what's going to happen in our industry, but they don't really know. I think there will be substantial changes, but, you know, I'm not a fortune teller. I can't tell what they will be. I think our industry, frankly, the advertising industry, could use some change. And uh, if this is one of the positive outcomes of this horrible situation, uh, that would be nice for the advertising industry. But I have to say the advertising industry has become such a mess, in my opinion, that it's very hard to see uh, a positive outcome for us. But I suppose, but the idea, you know, well, I suppose the business of ideas and the the business of creativity and connection and um, emotional engagement that can't go away. That no. won't go away, will it? So, no. so, so the essence of advertising will be there. It just may be in another form. Absolutely, it, it's not the nature of advertising that will go away. It's the structure of the advertising industry 
that may go away. Advertising still needs to persuade people, and it still needs to sell stuff, and um, it still needs to use creative methods to do that. And it always has uh, had that element to it, and it, it always will. Hmm. So looking at some of those structural changes and whether or not the pandemic just has accelerated some of those changes, because if, you know, looking to the states, we see, you know, the, the problems with Gannett, we see the problems with McClatchy and some of the big traditional newspaper holding companies uh, who don't have big subscription revenues uh, are in, in trouble. We do on the other side see the New York Times building a massive subscription bill, uh, business. What's your views there in terms of how, you know, the news is being delivered and, and where advertising is going to sit in and around that or storytelling is going to fit in and around that big change? Yeah. One, of the, uh, one of the very unfortunate um, ramifications of what's happening in the advertising world right now here in the States is that, you know, we're a very large country. We have 350 million people and we rely very heavily on local news outlets to provide us with information locally. And sadly, local news outlets like uh, some of the newspaper uh, newspapers you mentioned, local television stations, local radio stations, are uh, feeling the effects of the cutbacks in advertising very strongly and they're laying people off just when we need good journalism more than ever a lot of the local journalists as you mentioned a lot of the local um, media outlets are having to let good people go this is very this is very um, unpleasant and it's very dangerous frankly because we you know we've had uh, problems with journalism for several years now uh, with the, the, the trust in journalism has eroded substantially here in the states I don't know what it's like there in Australia but here trust in journalism has been eroded and now with um, local media outlets who we rely on so much for quality information, having to let good people go, I'm afraid uh, trust is going to erode even further. Mm, certainly, uh, indeed, a risk. But that that um, diminishing of their uh, the, the foundations, the advertising foundations, even prior to the pandemic, um, were obviously being eroded by you know, the big platforms, and you do write about this a lot, about the way the big platforms have really, you know, taken so much of the, uh, you know, uh, the revenue in the advertising pool. Uh, do you see that the, the bigger platforms are just going to get bigger? You know, yes. Your Googles, your Facebook, they're just going to become omnipotent? I believe they're, they are going to get bigger unless there is government intervention uh, to prevent them the, uh, from practicing man monopolistic <laughs> practices, uh, they, they they operate. You know, he, here in the states, Facebook and Google operate as a kind of duopoly. They control so much of the advertising revenue in the country. They, you know. 
between the two of them, you know, I don't know what their share of online advertising revenue is now, but I suspect it's substantially above 50, 60%, maybe 70, 75%. I'm not really sure. I haven't seen those, haven't seen those numbers lately, but it's an enormous amount. And they're, and they're uh, particularly in the case of Google, their control isn't just um, demonstrated by the amount of money they make, but also by the um, way that they control every facet of the online advertising industry. Um, they, they, they have, you know, their, they have their tentacles in every, every part of it. Facebook, you know, makes 99% of its money from advertising. So they are in the advertising business, and the um, the you know they have been, in my opinion, very irresponsible in their practices, and have caused a number of um, difficult situations. And uh, they don't seem to be concerned very much by it, which is uh, which is worrying to me. Mm. Do you see? That there may be, and again, I think the context of the pandemic, as you say, I think it's and it's the right position to take is that we just don't know. There is not the certainty, you know, the information about what's coming um, is com- is incomplete. But do you think there will be an appetite from the the legislators to, you know, to to get into regulation, to get into breaking up these these giants, or do you just think that they're they're too big, they're too powerful, and and no one's going to want to touch them? I think there was some momentum toward doing that until the uh, pandemic happened. I think there was uh, a certain degree of momentum within, here in the States at least, within the um, legislatures to get these guys under control. But I think there are so many more critical things to deal with now and probably for at least a year that this will go on the back burner and uh, any momentum that was built will be lost, I'm afraid. Uh, I think that's not a good thing, but uh, realistically, you know, imagine yourself as a, uh, as a, a representative. There are things that are now critical to to your um, to what you're dealing with, that are more important than uh, antitrust issues. Doesn't mean that the antitrust issues aren't important, but they're just uh, they've taken the back seat now to to other more important things. For example, health and the economy. If you look at the, that challenge around reputation, which the big platforms had um, yeah. leading into this, and obviously they're doing whatever they can to be seen to be good citizens by you know, applying some of their technologies and their apps and other things to help deal with the health crisis and, and the economic crisis. Do you think that's genuine or do you think that's just PR? I think uh, to some degree it's genuine. I think on, on the part of Google, they have tried to do a lot to help um, – during this critical period. I think Facebook has also done a few things that have been good. Facebook contributed $100 million to local news organizations uh, to help them stay afloat, um, which, you know, it's a good thing. I, I, you know, they're not all bad. They have, uh, you know, there, there are some things that they're doing that are good and worthwhile. And, uh, you know, the, I, I think, you know, 
a lot of it is genuine, but they are also dangerous and uh, they are operating without guidelines, without parameters, and without, here in the States at least, without uh, sufficient regulation for the amount of power that they wield. And that needs to be taken care of eventually. Mm. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to see where that ends up, isn't it? Because you know, in Australia, the platforms are just as dominant as they are in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's same same, really. So mm-hmm. there's there's no and really, when you roll through the rest of the world, you know, apart from China, uh, you know, they they seem to have the same sort of operating profile and influence. So uh, yep. very big companies, and so whether it's a global regulatory approach, I know they've, that's been spoken of in in the past, and some of the taxation issues, I think, will be interesting you know post the pandemic crisis as well isn't it i wonder whether or not you know this this ability to sort of set yourself up in ireland and never pay tax anywhere around the world i think but, it's you know. yeah it, it's it's very distressing that um you know one of the ways i i gauge a company's um, sincerity in, in whether they're doing good for the public or not is to what extent they go to avoid paying taxes. Because one of the, one of the most important things that every person and every organization does to help a country, to help the people of a country, is to pay taxes. That That's where, you know, I, you know, I don't like paying taxes. Nobody likes paying taxes. But that's part of your responsibility as a responsible citizen. And the more these companies go to great lengths to avoid their responsibility in paying taxes, that's the degree to which I lose faith in their in their sincerity about wanting to help. It'll be it, it, that will be fascinating because it it will be about the the money yep. ultimately, but whether or not the social license to operate in these economies uh, is granted to them. And I know the utilities there because you know who doesn't use these platforms? Sure. Everybody uses them, yep. uses them all the time. But I I just wonder that there might not be that shift where it's. You know that sort of stuff is just gone. You know that's not introduced, and and there's that there will be a, a major shift in community sentiment that says, well, if you are not a good actor, uh, I don't care how much utility you provide for us. Uh, I'm either not going to use it, or I will give you know the support to the government, whatever they need to do, just to legislate so that they can yeah. just take the, the you know the, the the taxes as Macron has done in. Um, in, in France. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, you know, it's, it's a, it's, there's a responsibility for the advertising industry also in this. Because the advertising industry, the advertisers support. They are the lifeblood for Google and for Facebook. That's where they get their money from. They get their money from advertisers. And if, adver- if advertisers were to say... You know what? Unless you stop some of these creepy practices, unless you stop doing some of these things that are bad for society, we're not going to spend money with you. But unfortunately, the advertising industry doesn't have the guts to go, seems not to anyway, have the guts to go up against these guys. And um, it's really a black mark on, you know, I, I 
had a wonderful advertising career. I loved my time in advertising. And I know that there are a lot of terrific people in the advertising industry. And I'm very disappointed that the advertising industry hasn't stood up to these guys and said, and said, quit what, you know, all these negative practices that you're doing. And, and uh, because the advertising industry does have the power to do that if they want to. Well, it'll be interesting to see again in this post-pandemic environment, where does the world move to in terms of what will be tolerated, what will be accepted, what won't be accepted. So maybe that that time um, will come. But just perhaps, and again, I suppose it is very difficult to to look a little bit further about advertising, about storytelling. One of my sort of theories is around sort of, you know, almost moving into the post-advertising world, you know, the fact that now the the factors of media production and distribution have been democratised, everyone is a brand, everyone is a storyteller, yeah. everyone, you know, it's a much different environment to what it was, uh, you know, not so long ago, really, in terms of advertising. How do you see advertising maturing and changing in that sort of distributed world now where everyone can be a media company, everyone can, you know, advocate on behalf of you know, their own brand or their their own government agency or, you know, just that distributed nature of content now. Yeah, I don't think advertising will change as much as we, you know, think it might. If you go back 10 years and you look at the literature at that time, we were told that advertising was dying, that social media was going to take over. People wouldn't need to advertise as much anymore because there would be conversations online and sharing online. And that was a, that was a fairy tale. That was a fantasy. Advertising has grown very significantly in the last 10 years. As a matter of fact, those that were supposed to be um, social media entities, for example, Facebook... Facebook was was going to replace advertising. Facebook was going to be uh, a center where people would share their enthusiasm for brands, and this would be viral, and they'd tell their friends about it, and uh, they'd have conversations about brands, and it was all a fantasy. It never happened. In fact, Facebook has become the largest repository of that which it was supposed to replace, which is traditional paid advertising. You can't go on your Facebook page without seeing traditional paid advertising all over the place. Now, that was supposed to, Facebook was supposed to end that, but it's, but it's become the number one repository of it. So the, the idea that, that advertising is going to go away, it's going to be replaced by other kinds of communication, I don't think is as, I don't think you can make as strong an argument for it as, as we did 10 years ago. Because the, the, the history, if we're going to be accurate analyzers of history, we have to say that advertising has done nothing but grown in the past 10 years. And I expect it will grow substantially in the, uh, in the future once the coronavirus pandemic is controlled and dealt with. But how how then though do you see advertising evolving then? You know, it's 
it, where do you see, where do you see it moving to? You know that the the form about that you know we almost defined it at the beginning of the podcast where we're talking about just exactly what the function of advertising is. But yeah. how does it evolve in this this new environment? Well, for the short term, it it it, it will evolve because sensitivities are very high now, um, and the stakes are high. And advertisers need to try, and you know this goes for anyone who's communicating. It, it, people have to try to keep it real, and stick to facts, and avoid the loudmouths who think they know what's going to happen in the future, and and are full of all kinds of baloney. Um, people who think they know things that they don't really know, and we have to try and keep politics out of it to the extent that it's possible. And, you know, we don't want to be irresponsibly optimistic or hysterically pessimistic. We want to try and keep it real. But to me, this is a short-term thing. This is what this this is what's going to happen during the pandemic and what's going to happen for several months after the pandemic. One of the things that's going to affect advertising and communication substantially is whether there's a hard end to the pandemic. Is there going to be a vaccine? Is there going to be a medication? Is there going to be a treatment? If that happens and there is a hard end, then communication will go back to normal. Advertising will go back to normal more quickly. If there is not a hard end to it, if this is something that's going to come and go every every flu season or every year or every few months, then that's going to affect the tone of advertising and what is said. But once again, I want to say that this is not going to change the long-term nature of advertising. The long-term nature of advertising is still going to be focused on selling stuff and building brands. And, and, and uh, for the short term, that has taken a back seat and will take a back seat. But in the long term, advertisers and marketers will get back to that eventually. What's your view on the future of television advertising? Television, do you mean from the amount of it or the nature of it creatively? I think both. Okay. Uh, As you know, television advertising was dominant for many, many decades. It is no longer dominant. Uh, Online advertising has surpassed television advertising in the amount of money spent on it. However, my belief is that television advertising is still the most powerful type of advertising. If you think of the biggest brands in the world, here in the US, I think about Nike and Coke and Pepsi and Chevrolet and Ford and and um, Tide and uh, you know Budweiser. You think of all the major brands, they were all built primarily by television advertising. And if you try to find significantly large brands like that, major brands like that, that were built with online advertising, you have a very tough time because there really aren't any. Um, You know, maybe there's a handful of medium-sized brands. There are some medium-sized brands that have been built by online advertising, but not to the extent that television was able to build brands. So from that point of view, I think television advertising is still 
you know, if I were an advertiser, it would still be my primary medium unless I was a direct response advertiser. Um, direct response is a different kind of advertising. It's not brand building advertising per se. So uh, from, from the utility standpoint, I think a television advertising is still the most powerful. From the standpoint of creativity, television advertising has become, in my opinion, bland, uninteresting, not as creative as it once was, not as innovative as it once was. And it's a shame because we have so many new media opportunities now for um, for for creativity. We have so much new technology that makes creativity um, open opens the, the the horizon for creativity. And yet, if you look at advertising these days, TV advertising in particular, and you talk to people, you find that people both inside and outside the advertising business believe that advertising has become lousy. It, it's it it just hasn't doesn't have the creative spark that it once had. And um, I think it's a problem for our industry that needs to be dealt with. Mm. So, listen, as a practitioner, what's the what's the best advice that you give to people when they're thinking about communication and they're thinking about advertising? What are the things that people really should be on top of to give themselves the best chance of success? The best chance of success in my opinion in any form of communication is the the use of creative thinking that the things you remember the things that impact you are things that are said and done in a creative way and you know if if you if you're an advertiser and you're trying to build a successful brand you really only have two choices. You either have to spend a lot of money or you have to be creative. And the creative aspect of the advertising business has been devalued in the past 10 years, I believe, as I was just saying. And I think it's the most important aspect of the business and it's the one that needs the most attention right now. And then, okay, so how then do you grow good uh creative capability in your in your brand or in your team how do you get people to um to come up with the good ideas the only way to do it in my experience is to hire them you can't you can't it's very hard to train people to be talented some people are just talented and some are most of us aren't and that's why you know 95% of the tv shows we watch and movies we watch and records we hear and books we read aren't very good that's and because because true talent is a very rare thing and there are very few people who have it and the only way you get it is to hire it. That was, that was my experience in running agencies. And, um, it, you know, 
there's a myth in in the business world. Creative ideas can come from anywhere. Well, yeah, that's true. Every now and then a, a creative idea comes from anywhere. But most of the time, the good creative ideas, at least in the advertising business, come from the same people. Just like the, the best movies come from the same people, the best books come from the same people, the best music comes from the best people. It's no different in any other creative than any other creative environment. There are some people who have the talent and some people don't. You got to go out and find the people with the talent and hire them. And in terms of that, what makes a, a, a good creative for you? A good create a good creative person or good creativity. Uh, a good creative person who has okay. good creativity. Okay, a good creative person is a person with a very wide open mind, who's influenced by a lot of different things. Who is who? Who pays attention to what goes on around? Who is um, interesting and interested, and 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 someone who is observant, who can see what people are really doing, not what people say they're doing, and good creativity. That's not hard. It's 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 the ability to capture human emotions, whether it's humor. Or tragedy, whether you know whether it's beauty uh, or or entertainment of some sort, um, the the characteristics of good creativity are universal. It it has a human you know. I always I used to say, good advertising is um, good advertising gives us a product benefit. Great advertising gives us a human benefit. It's about it's about the the, the truths of humanity and and uh, what we all feel and believe. And there isn't much of that these days. There used to be. Uh, I don't know why that is, but uh, it seems to me there's there's not as much good creativity as as we once had. Well, Bob Hoffman, thank you so much for spending some of your uh, day with us today. We certainly do appreciate that. And I just wonder, I really wonder whether or not where this, this place in time where we are now dealing with this particular health crisis, people uh, being um, forced to stay inside, forced to be isolated, forced to perhaps reevaluate their lives and the way they've worked and what they've done and they're having more time to think about that than perhaps they ever have in the past and whether or not that may lead to a, a resurgence in that humanity that you, you speak about and then a response to that changing environment, that's where the, the sweet spot will emerge. You know, I'm, I'm very hopeful and I think that there will be a lot of creativity come out of, um, out of this particular uh, pandemic and I think there'll be a massive shift in the way people go about their lives. That's my theory. Um, what do you think? I hope you're right, David, but I have to <laughs> I have to say I'm officially skeptical. If you go back if you go back in history and if you look at the bubonic plague and you look at the Spanish flu and if you look at World War One and World War Two and other disasters, did 
did did human nature really change after those? There may have been some short-term effects afterward where people, you know, got together and said, God, we've had enough of this. We need to we need to be together. We need to think of ourselves as one as one species who, who and help each other. And but those are very short-lived. So you know what? I hope I'm wrong and I hope you're right. <laughs> All right, we'll wait and see, Bob. Maybe we can have a chat in a couple of years' time and okay. uh, we'll see who was wrong and see who was right. But thank you so much for giving up some of your very valuable time and I know the audience certainly would uh, have enjoyed your observations uh, about the world of advertising, where those changes are, how things are changing and what we can look forward to in the weeks and months ahead. So a big thank you there to uh, Bob Hoffman and to you, the audience. Thank you for coming back once again, another great conversation, great insights there from Bob, you know, a man who knows advertising. And I think going way back, you know, to the first part of the podcast where he defined just, you know, what advertising is about. And it is about that emotional connection. And, and he, he, Bob's right that people are always going to have to buy things and, and brands are always going to have to be positioned and governments, as we all know, are going to have to position themselves. And so it will be those great ideas that really spark that and get the message through in this crazy busy world that uh, we are go- probably going to be returned to, as, uh, as Bob predicts. But there you go. So thank you very much for coming back, and uh, we will be back at the same time in a couple of weeks. But for the moment, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the GovComs podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes.